Hey, what's up, golf enthusiasts? Welcome back to the Golf RX Podcast. It's time to get you back on course. I'm your host, Joe Estes, Doctor of Physical Therapy, and this is Episode 3, The Low Back, Part 1. So good to have you all back with me on the Golf RX Podcast for Part 1 of the Low Back Series. I'm planning on having four, maybe even five episodes just on the lower back. So buckle up because you'll all be low back specialists after the next few episodes. Uh, again, I'm on Twitter at Joe Estes PT. That's J-O-E-E-S-T-E-S-P-T. You can also find me on LinkedIn and Facebook. And I finally joined 2020 and joined Instagram. Uh, it's been a long time coming, um, but I'm on the gram now. So you can also uh, follow me on Instagram. Same handle as Twitter, at Joe Estes PT. Uh, so I'll be posting some videos, exercise examples, et cetera, on there. Uh, so please follow me wherever you do you on social media. So I wanted to start this series off with what I know best, which is uh, the physical therapy side of things. And I want to introduce our guest host for this episode. I have Matt Ventimiglia, a doctor of physical therapy, a TPI certified golf fitness instructor, and manager of the Atletico Daily Plaza Clinic, which is in downtown Chicago. Uh, you can follow Matt on Instagram at Matthew underscore Ventimiglia underscore PT. I know that's a mouthful, but Matt, I'm going to go ahead and put that in the show notes. So if anyone wants to uh, find you, they can just enter the show notes. Uh, so Matt, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on, Joe. It's uh, it's an honor, and I'm I'm uh, very excited. Yeah, man, it's going to be a fun time. So, tell us a little bit about your background and your journey to get you kind of where you are today as a as a manager at Atletico and doing some cool golf stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, well, uh, I got into physical therapy, um, found my interest kind of uh, in high school, dealing with a couple injuries myself and being um, involved in sports. Um, I went to Carroll University uh, right in Waukesha, Wisconsin for my undergrad and graduate uh, school uh, for both degrees. Um, I, I moved to Chicago right, at, right, at, right after school and started to work downtown. And um, I've been playing golf my entire life, but um, I think I found my passion more so at the end of high school and uh, early college years when I, I got out of other competitive sports and I found more time on my hands and, you know, being a a uh, person who loves sports is like, well, what else can I do to be competitive? And I always liked golf. And, um, you know, when I started to dive into the intricacies of the golf swing and, you know, why are pros so good? What do they do different and things like that? It, it became very apparent that was a huge interest of mine um, to kind of learn more about. Um, yeah. And then I had an opportunity to, to manage a clinic downtown and, you know, just before that, I had uh, I went to Orlando, did my TPI certification, um, which was a you know blew the doors open for me in terms of getting in you know really into the golf specialty and and dealing with this population. It was it was an awesome experience and it kind of you know paved the way for you know my learning and things like like that. So that's awesome. And then you have some other kind um, of credentials that, that you that you have as well you have some specialties in some other areas or some uh you know tell us a little bit about the other stuff that you do outside of uh golf yeah so i'm i'm currently doing my fellowship in uh um, orthopedic manual physical therapy um so that's kind of more manipulative manual techniques uh, alongside you know an orthopedic based uh, um, examination things like that um and then i have other interests you know more um hip uh preservation specialty 
and then kind of like overhead athletes, things like that. You know, golf swing still a little bit overheads, but yeah, hip and shoulder along with uh, kind of the main portion. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so you're dabbling in a little bit of everything. So TPI is awesome. I've, I've been TPI certified for probably about five years now. It is a really good, uh, really good foundation to kind of build up that kind of that golf specialty. I'm, I'm kind of working through some, uh, a new golf certification that hopefully will be done uh, in the next couple months through the Gary Gray program. I'm really excited about that. So we'll have to touch base and I'll, I'll let you know how that goes. But um, so the reason we're here today, we're talking low back, we're kicking off the low back series. This is going to, this is going to relate to a lot of golfers that will listen to this show. Um, if it's, you know, younger physical therapist or someone who's listening, that's already in the medical field, they're going to be working with golfers. They're going to be seeing a lot of lower back pain. Uh, and so I, I wanted to kind of highlight our kind of get PT first initiative, uh, at least here in Illinois, where we both practice, we have what's called direct access. Uh, and I want Matt to discuss what uh, direct access means for the general population. You know, $85 billion, $85 billion are spent per year on spine conditions and an additional 10 to $20 billion on lost productivity. That's just a mind boggling number. So tell us a little bit about what direct, direct access means for physical therapy and why or how that can benefit people. I think it's a, I think it's, it's huge for, for not only physical therapists, but you know, everybody who deals with low back pain, as you mentioned with those statistics, I mean, there's a lot of congestion and kind of lost people within the low back pain realm. Um, a lot of wasted time and energy on, on, you know, seeing different doctors, things like that. And I think direct access gives people, it gets them to the source of a potential quick musculoskeletal experts. We, we, we know how the body's supposed to move and why it moves that way. And um, I think getting people directly to us, um, you know, I, I think our expertise gives, gives us the ability to understand whether this is something that can be helped with direct rehab right away, or if you need to see somebody in successful conservative recovery in their low back pain, I think it's very important. We're, you know, a surgeon and other special imaging, things like that. You know, our expertise allows us to kind of delegate, which um, direct access helps tremendously. So I think it helps both us to use our expertise, but also the patient to, to really hopefully have better outcomes. Yeah, I mean, we've both seen patients that come in and see us with, with low back pain and they want to go see a doctor and it might take two weeks to even get in to see the doctor, right? So they can come in, you know, our company, we proud ourselves on being able to get people in within 48 hours. So instead of waiting two weeks to go see somebody, you're able to come in and, and first and foremost, really see if you're appropriate for physical therapy, because you're a doctor of physical therapy. Right. I'm a doctor of physical therapy. You, you probably don't go by Dr. Ventimigli or Dr. Matt. I don't go by Dr. Joe, you know, <laughs> but we have, we have the skill set to at least be able to screen out and see if there is a need, any yellow or red flags, whether they should see the doctor right away or be able to determine if they're appropriate for physical therapy. And so you see a lot of data out there on how getting treatment earlier can save payers about $1,500 less on medical expenses with good long-term outcomes. And that was published in just uh, in 2018 by JOSPT, which is the Journal of Orthopedic Sports Physical Therapy. And low back pain is used as a great example in early intervention for direct access, you know, being able to come see a physical therapist and get treatment without seeing the doctor first, you know, what direct access is is you can see us from the get-go. 
Uh, but this is a little different, you know, state by state. We're in Illinois. We can see people for three weeks, see if we can start getting them on the road to recovery and improve their functional abilities. You know, but if you're listening to this in another state, you are going to want to check with your local physical therapist or your local physical therapy company to find out what the law is in your specific state. Oh, keep that in mind, too. Every state is a little bit different. So getting into the first episode of this low back series, in a study in 2007 uh, in the Journal of Chiropractic Medicine, uh, McCarty did this huge study where they, they found that 25% of all golf injuries were from the lower back. So if half of golfers are potentially developing low back pain, and then they survey thousands and thousands of people on whether they've had an injury in the last year of golf, a quarter of those people said that they were the low back. So it's really prevalent. The follow through of the golf swing uh, was the greatest likelihood to cause the pain symptoms out of all, all the phases of the swing. And we can go into you know, biomechanically why that would be the case, that people would have more pain in their follow through. And that people that have had a back problem in the past are more likely to re-injure themselves, which we kind of would understand as well and kind of makes sense. They already kind of have a frail back. It's happened before. There's some deep kind of rooted issues that we'd have to kind of take a look at. So since a lot of these golf-related pains are not really emergent, you know, or surgically necessary, you know, a lot of times we as physical therapists and chiropractors are the ones that are working with you as a golfer to get you back to the course, to get you out of pain if it doesn't require surgery or an injection or something like that. So Matt, in terms of what you're seeing, what are you, what are you seeing in the clinic uh, in terms of golf-related injuries to the low back? So they come in, they tell you their low back hurts, and they said it was from the swing on the 14th hole with their driver and then they had back pain what are you seeing when it's golf specific well i think you see you know my first couple of questions are uh, you know has it happened before and and kind of you know if if they have any from more physical therapy perspective but you know if they have any times you know outside of golf that bothers them that kind of helps me but really that makes me think that for some reason their low back is being stressed in that specific phase of the golf swing and understanding the body you can kind of tie one and two together, what stresses the lumbar spine, you know, what it's supposed to do, what it's not supposed to do, um, especially in the golf swing. And so you look at it two ways, you know, what can they do functionally, just from a physical therapy standpoint? And then really, I think that helps you relate to the golf swing. You know, why, why is this person having this problem? 14th hole, is it, is it conditioning? Is it nutrition? Is it, you know, lack of warm up? all those things? So from a comprehensive view, take a look at all those factors. But Kind of, I, I like to personally break it down and, you know, if they have problems in general, if that's the first time they've ever had back pain, if they've had back pain before, I think that all plays a significant role in really diagnosing the underlying problem and then ideally, you know, getting that treatment plan appropriate for them to, to return to golf. Sure. You, you know, you mentioned some really good tidbits too because it may you know nutrition hydration could play a factor you know and that's a, another podcast for another day improper <laughs> improper warm-up i mean that's that's a you know shameless plug for my episode two if you didn't listen to episode two on the warm-up for golf and why that's important you know so there's a lot of factors that go into it so are, are a lot of these things more structural in nature are people having problems with a disc or a joint issue or is it more soft tissue based like more of an overuse like strain or muscle spasm and what do you what do you think as far as golf specific yeah good question i think i think personally i see more of a joint i wouldn't say a structural issue like there's damage to the, to the tissue but i think it's more of an overuse repetitive thing i think that you know from my perspective i view things from a very mechanical sense i think the 
the way we move is very mechanical for, for whatever back is being stressed. It's supposed to do a job, you know, maybe it's picking up the slack or compensating for some other areas. I, I personally see more, um, maybe a little bit of instability or um, excessive motion at the lumbar spine, if you will. Uh, that kind of gives people more trouble with a repetitive activity like golf. Sure. So come in, they, they hurt their back doing something else around the house, throwing their kid up in the air and playing with them, lifting a luggage bag, you know, doing whatever else that's not related to golf. Does your treatment approach differ when someone's seeing you from a low back injury, from doing a different task, and they're just looking to get back, but they're a golfer and they want to get back to golf? Or is it really just individual by individual? How does that work when it's something that's not golf specific? Um, I would say it's definitely individual by individual. I mean, they have to be able to do their daily tasks, you know, above everything else, whether it's taking care of their child or, you know, bending over to pick up something off the ground like that to be able to do this. But, you know, if that's, you know, I love golf. I know most golfers, you know, that's one of their specific goals. So if that's one of their goals, I'll do a little bit of both, hopefully, you know, address those, those simple things. And then also tie in, golf-related activities as part of their rehab to, to make sure that we're, you know, addressing them as a whole person in their rehab and recovery. So, so someone comes in to see you, they have low back pain and they're a big golfer. So whether they hurt their back playing golf or whether they just bring up to you in their first visit that they want to get back to playing golf, what does a first visit look like? So let's just assume that everyone we're talking to has never had physical therapy before. What does a first visit typically look like when someone comes in to see you? And, and, and what are you looking for in your evaluation or your examination? I'd like to, you know, have you had this problem before? Is it brand new? You know, when it happened, how it happened, those types of things to really get a good understanding of you know, where they're at physically. And then also, you know, if they have had the problem before, what does treatment look like? What have you gone through in your experiences with low back pain? Kind of get to know the person and then really just see what they can and can't do. I mean, how, se- how severe is low back pain? Like, can you, you know, shoots, can you act, can you find, but if you wrote a golf, that's the thing that gets you. Well, those little things is what really helps to direct where we go with our examination. So my first day. So you know, if you have a lumbar spot, if you can basically get through all your motions, um, except for in the golf swing, that's what gets you. Then I might look more specifically with, with aspects of the golf swing, you know, so it all kind of plays off of those initial portions of the exam, kind of based off the little things first, you know, just basic range of motion, strength testing. And based on those things is where I kind of build my does that mean that you're having people reach down and touch their toes? Does that mean that you're having them do like a maximum like squat? What do you mean by like, what does it look like to do range of motion testing? What does it look like to do strength testing? Yeah, great question. Um, so range of motion, I mean, the main planes of the spine forward. So bending over to touch your toes, bending backwards, bending to the side, bending to you know both sides, rotating with the spine. All those things have to occur for daily motions and in the golf swing. Um, so we check all of those things and, see you know can you move in a specific direction does it hurt you does it not hurt you what where do you feel like a limitation might be and then from a strength perspective there are you know key muscles that you know you and i as physical therapists would probably go to first to check core stability can you can you use your abdominals appropriately to to control where your spine is and where your pelvis is can you you know utilize your glutes how strong your hips 
So I might look at those things specifically, but from a broader perspective, you know, what does your squat look like? That's a functional motion, but also a very powerful, you know, athletic move as well. So I might look at a squat and then I would say a huge portion of it is also just education to that patient, but that's also all kind of based on the exam. So, yeah, I think that's a good point because when people are coming to see us from a physical therapy standpoint, they're usually having a lot of limitations with just their daily activities. Like I have a hard time bending down to tie my shoes or I have a hard time sitting in my car for 30 minutes driving to work, or I can't walk for more than 10 to 15 minutes. And so I think understanding that if you're, if you've got back pain and you're, and you want to get back to golf first, we need to make sure that you're just functioning. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, if you can, if you're playing golf three, four times a week, you know, God bless you. I wish I could do that too, but we also need to live our lives and sleep through the night and all that stuff too. So th- yeah, there's a lot of things that we look at as PTs. You, you said core activation, positioning, you know, we, we look a lot at biomechanics with um, you know, your movement mechanics. Do you, like you said, squatting, I mean, do you squat properly? Do, is there, you know, abnormal movements in the lower back that we need to be careful of? I mean, we see things with basic movements, even single leg balance, you might see someone kind of leaning over to the side to help compensate for a weakness down the chain, you know, down the leg. Um, you know, the, the analogy that, that I'll share with you that I share with a lot of my patients is I always compare the spine to a tree. And I always ask patients, I say, you know, when you look at a tree, what, what, what do you think is the strongest part? And they all say, well, the trunk, like, yeah, the trunk is really strong in, in our bodies you know, our arms are kind of like the branches of the tree and the trunk is like our trunk, our chest, our abdominal muscles, but where the tree really gets all of its stability from that doesn't topple over in our, you know, winds of Chicago here is the roots that go, that go into the ground. Right. And so that's something that we don't see when we look at a tree, but we know that the tree gets a lot of its stability from the roots. And I think that when we start to educate the patients, you, you mentioned looking at the hip strength, you know, the hips and our legs are kind of like the roots of our tree. They help support the trunk. And, you know, I think that's a good point that you bring up the hips too, because I definitely look a lot at the hips. So that kind of moves me into the next question. What, what are, so what are some of the common things that you would find, say, in a male that has low back pain? versus a female that comes in with low back pain. And again, obviously we're sticking with golfers. So a male golfer versus a female golfer, what are some things that you're seeing just based out of all the golfers you've worked with? Are there any similarities or common traits that you see that men have different from women? I think so for uh, certainly, I think it does depend on age a little bit. I think for guys, I think we tend to be a little bit less mobile than females. So especially, you know, later on in age, you might get more, like a stenosis or more kind of a joint problem, like a joint stiffness problem that is really exacerbated by the, by the golf swing. But with younger, younger athletes and younger golfers, you know, or older, you know, depending on the person, I, I think the most common thing I see is more just mechanical low back pain. So, so nothing is from, from a clinical sense is structurally damaged, but mechanically things just are not, are not working or, um, gelling well together in the golf swing. So there's some pieces that are specifically like in this example, the low back that is compensating for whether it's a loss of motion at your hips or something like that, or trying, um, if your core strength is not appropriate to do a, a move like the golf swing. And I see a lot of those things play out more so than something that's like structurally damaged in, um, in my experience. 
Yeah. So you said the the women tend to be a little more mobile and the guys tend to not have nearly as much motion. I mean, that's going to have a big effect on the golf swing, right? I mean, limited motion, mobility, flexibility. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, for me, you know, the lumbar spine is not supposed to rotate very much. You know, that's not how it's designed. So when I think about a lack of motion or an excessive amount of motion, I'm going to look at the areas that should be rotating you know, hip, your, your hips, how well, how flexible are they? How strong are they? Your middle back is supposed to rotate a ton in the golf swing, especially. And so, you know, those are specific areas that, that really can stress somebody's lumbar spine, given if there's, you know, a movement restriction or a weakness. So those are a couple of things I look at. So for females, you know, if they're more mobile, do they have the stability to control that, that excessive range of motion? Or, you know, for the, the example I made with, with uh, you know, gentlemen who are golfers that, you know, might be a little bit stiff, you know, is their lumbar spine making up for that lack of motion that they don't have in their golf swing? Yeah. I think those are very, very, very common examples that I see. You know, you talk about unwanted motion. I mean, I'm going to give you the opportunity here. Um, in the TPI course, they talk to you about the alternating uh, mobility stability kind of chain of the golf swing. Do you remember that part of it? I know it's in the book. I don't remember if they're actually teaching, a, you know, the, the golf swing is kind of an alternating. Not specific. Different. I mean, yes, different phases where you kind of draw on, on more muscle, muscle stability than mobility to kind of create the action. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't have it off the top of my head. Unfortunately, I wish I did. Well, I was just going to say, you know, when I, when I was first getting started in, in the golf specialty, kind of world one of the thing one of the first things that i learned that that has been a really good educational piece to the patients is that the golf swing is an alternating mobility and stability segment in terms of the body and so when you think about the joints or segments of our body the ankles need to be fairly mobile in the golf swing so you need to be able to have you know good mobility through your feet and your ankles to kind of interact with the ground and then your knees if you move up the chain then you go ankles up to knees knees need to be pretty stable they don't they shouldn't move a whole lot so when a joint needs to be stable you need to have good strength around that area so you need to have good mobility in your ankles good strength around your knees then you go up to the hips you know the knees were stable now the hips are mobile so you got to have good mobility in your hips and you were talking about how guys tend to be really stiff through the hips um, so we got to get the hips moving then you go up to the lower back, like you said, that needs to be stable. Then you go up to the middle back, what we call the thoracic spine, that needs to be mobile. So you need to have good mobility in your upper back. Um, sh- you know, neck needs to be pretty stable. The shoulders need to be mobile. You know, the elbow needs to be stable. And then the wrists need to be mobile. And that's just a really good highlight piece to, you know, when you're trying to explain to patients like, hey, your hips need to be really mobile in the golf swing. Um, for the majority, I mean, you need really strong hips too, because again, that's the kind of the foundation for our trunk. But if you don't have mobility in your hips, then that motion is going to go either above or below to an area that should be stable, meaning your lower back or your knee. And a lot of times in the golf swing, because of the rotation and all that stuff, it goes to your lower back. Um, so it's kind of a cool, you know, if you're listening to this episode and you want to think about, you know, what needs to move well and what needs to be strong, you know, kind of think start from the ankles needing to be mobile and then work your way up and just alternate, you know, mobility, stability, you know, and think stability is kind of strength if we're talking about it kind of very, very broadly. But so we're not teaching instructors, right? We don't give lessons. We're golf rehab specialists. We, we try and get people back to the course out of pain. So we're not teaching lessons, but are there a couple things from our end, you know, if you're looking at someone's golf swing, 
you know, are there things that you're paying attention to that are kind of like a red flag? Like, oh man, I'm seeing this in their swing. Like this is, this can definitely lead to some low back pain in the future or contributing to their current low back pain. Are, are there certain things you're looking at? Uh, like we, we kind of discussed before, I think the parts right next to the low back, you know, your, th your thoracic spine, your low back and hips uh, play a significant role in mobility. And if those don't move well, your lumbar spine might be overstressed. So I really think about that from, I look local and then might be, might brought out a little bit. Yeah. Well, like if say, so say you have a golfer, you've, you've already done your eval, you've already done the first visit, you've been seeing them for a couple of weeks and, and they're feeling, yeah. they're feeling better. And they're like, you know, I, I want to take some swings and you, you want to see what their swing looks like. Is there something from the physical therapy side that you're going to look at in their swing that might cue you to be like, Oh man, we need to work on this position, whether it's a certain position, whether it's a certain angle you're seeing that makes you concerned about the low back pain. I think it starts with posture. I mean, I look at how they adjust the ball from, from the very get-go. You know, do they have more of a rounded posture? Do they kind of stand straight up? Um, I think that tells you kind of where they start. And it, it, I think it gives you a good idea of where they might finish their golf swing. And then if you look at the, their golf swing, you know, well, maintain where they started. Ideally, if you think about the swing, you want to try to keep it as symmetrical as possible. Where you start is where you want to finish, in a sense. So any asymmetry there any kind of moving away from where you started is kind of what i just generally look at i think what i see a lot is people who you know stand up in the golf swing they don't kind of squat down like you should or some people who sway or slide off the ball that kind of cues me that you know from maybe a stability standpoint or mobility standpoint it's just not something's not right and I think a, a major one is um, what's called the reverse spine angle. So the top of the backswing, if you kind of see the curvature of the spine facing the direction that you're supposed to be hitting the ball, that's one of the most common ways to injure your low back, the most commonly seen ways to correlate to low back pain. So things like that from a, from a broad perspective, I'll see in the golf swing. Um, and then I think the TPX certification did a good job of giving you objective tests to you know, look at those specific areas. So doing like a standing stability test, uh, like a rotation test or, you know, the, um, what we call the posterior pelvic tilt test where you kind of rock back and forth and how well you can control really your, your pelvis and lumbar spine in a golf position. That is a good test that I use to break the swing down to more specifically the lumbar spine um, to kind of really look at the deficits of a golfer and what might contribute to their low back pain. Yeah. And, you know, looking at those kind of dissociation, being able to separate the upper body from the lower body, being able to control the pelvis. Like yeah. we talked about, I actually today on my Instagram and LinkedIn just post a video of um, some pelvic rotation and torso rotation tests. Um, so if you, if you're following me on social media, you can check those out part of our TPI exam that we look at. And, you know, like Matt was saying, it gives you a lot of really good information of how someone is able to move and also control movement. And so, be, you know, being able to arch and round out the lower back and utilize the deep core muscles, being able to rotate the pelvis side to side. If you can't rotate well, is that because you're stiff? Is that because you can't sequence the motion well? Is that because you're weak? You know, there's a, there's a lot of ways that we can kind of determine what's going on if, if we see some movement dysfunction there. You mentioned sway and slide. What does that mean if, if someone, you know, doesn't know those terms? What does a sway and a slide mean? 
So a sway would be, you know, during your backswing, you're kind of um, shifting towards your trip foot off the ball. So you're, you're most likely making up for a loss of most commonly rotation. So you're trying to get in a good position in your backswing. And so you're swaying off the ball. So you're, you're not maintaining your, really your starting position. Um, and then a slide is just the opposite. So really you're moving your whole body, your lower body is moving past the ball through impact. So really you're just, you're not utilizing the ground well and you're shifting either away from the ball behind you or forward. And so it really throws off a lot of the mechanics of the golf swing. Yeah. And, and that's perfect. Cause you know, typically I'm going to look at, I call it like the big three. So I look at a couple really big things in terms of lower back. So if you're looking from a face on view, so if you're listening to this and you want to see what we're talking about, if you take a video of your swing with the camera in front of you, where it's facing your facing kind of your chest and you take a swing, you, if you take your backswing and you see your body moving away from your target, we call that a sway. And, and an excessive amount of movement moving towards the target in the downswing, we call a slide. You know, and, and again, it could be a lack of hip mobility that you're doing that. You can't rotate well. And so you're just moving way too much, like we said, laterally or side to side. Another thing that you mentioned that is, is an absolute must that you have to look at is that reverse spine angle. That is a really big no-no in terms of the mechanics of your lower back and the positioning you're putting your spine into. So if you're taking that same video, you're looking at the top of your backswing, you want to kind of see is your head and your spine or your trunk tilting towards the target. So you're, when you're kind of taking a backswing, you, you should pretty much see your head stay pretty still or even move a fraction away from the target. If you, if you get to the top of your backswing and pause the video, if your head's kind of tilting towards your target, that's putting your spine in a lot of bad stress on those joints. Those muscles are going to have to work really hard. So that reverse spine angle is a big one. The last one I like to look at, like you said, starts from posture. When we're looking down the line, so if we're looking at the camera behind you, like facing, facing your target, watching the ball flight leave after you hit it. At your setup, if you see a lot of rounding in your upper back, that's going to limit the amount of shoulder mobility you can have and upper back mobility. Uh, and, and some more stress can go to your lower back because of that. And then, and contrary to that, if you look, if you see a lot of curvature, excessive curvature in the lower back, that's putting a lot of stress on the joints of your spine. You're making all those joints just work really hard and they're just kind of closed down and not allowing you to be in a good position. Uh, we call it an S posture. So it's when you kind of really see a lot of arch in the lower back. So go online, look up S posture. That's a no, no. Look up a reverse spine angle. That's a no, no. Look up sway and slide. You want to try and avoid swaying and sliding. We want to move more into your hips. So we're seeing a patient, they're coming in to see you two to three times a week. We set up a plan of care, like say, Hey, I, you know, I want to see you for the next four to six weeks. I want you to come in twice a week and see me. That's a lot. Like from someone who's never been to physical therapy, they're like, God, I have to see you 12 times. Like what, what are we going to be doing? What, what do people do? They come and see you for an hour. What are you doing in that hour visit twice a week for four to six weeks with them? Great question. I think, um, well, I think it starts initially every visit. You know, I start with assessment. So, you know, whether it's building off of the progress you made last visit or just really just making sure we're on the right track, uh, making sure the diagnosis is accurate, those types of things so people can continue to progress. So constant reassessments is very important. Um, I think the reason why, you know, frequency is, is crucial for recovery is it, it's it have to practice to be good to feel good, you have to do something well repetitively over and over again. And, 
And physical therapy and rehab is the exact same. You know, there's specific ways to move. There's specific recruitment patterns of muscles um, that you have to do repetitively for your body to really grasp it, hold on to it, and to, to continuously use it in the future, you know, backsliding or kind of ending up where you started. So the frequency is, is, is crucial to rehab, to making sure that you're doing it, you know, consistently. So along the same lines is making sure every time somebody comes in, going over those exercises they're doing, making sure there's no bad habits, things like that. Um, and then we're trained to progress people. I mean, there's specific ways to, to, to make improvements in mobility and strength. And we have, you know, a lot of that knowledge. And I think that's what makes us so important is people progress in the right way. They don't overdo it. They don't underdo it. They do it, you know, appropriately for their recovery. Yeah. And I think that's where our specialty comes in is dosing appropriately and understanding how to move correctly where you're not going to do more damage. Right. So you go and, you know, you just look up on Google, like exercises for low back pain. Well, there's certain exercises that can make your situation worse. You have a little bit of a disc issue going on and you're doing doing certain exercises. It could make it worse. So you got to be a little, you got to be careful. So people are coming in, they're doing some mobility, flexibility work with you. They're doing some strengthening exercises. Are you doing what, what, I mean, are you doing some hands-on work with them? I mean, what kind of stuff are you doing hands-on with people when they have back pain? Yeah, I mentioned before that like part of my background and specialty is manual therapy. So I personally have a lot of training in uh, manipulations, mobilization. So that's more more specific to kind of joint stuff and maybe turning some muscles on. But really, I do you know do it kind of you know everything anything that needs to be done. So that could be soft tissue, you know, if certain lacking some muscle flexibility um, or just a limitation in motion due to a muscle. Some soft tissue work is if a joint restriction is the problem, um, you know, mobilize it or manipulate it, like I said. And then is, again, where physical therapists are most crucial is if somebody does have a movement restriction or don't move appropriately, rightly after you, you work on those things, you kind of retrain, turn the right muscles on, make sure people move well in the, in the right manner um, to kind of reinforce uh, what you're targeting. So a lot of people that might be listening to this may have never had a back problem or pain from playing golf, or maybe someone has had an issue in the past, but they're doing really good now. So they're not currently in pain. What are, what are some things that they can do right now um, that are, what would you say is the most important to help reduce the risk of developing an injury or having a, an, a re-aggravation of an old injury? What are some of the things you'd focus on? Well, ideally, if you have the capacity to get screened by, by Joe or myself or somebody who can run you through the gamut of stuff, that would be ideal. But I think in general, as as we kind of talked about before, there's certain areas right alongside your lumbar spine, your thoracic spine, your hips. That's where I would kind of focus a lot of my attention. Those areas are supposed to rotate very well. And like I mentioned before, the lumbar spine is not. I mean, the golf swing is very much a rotational activity. And so I think you know, preventatively, I would, I would look at, you know, how flexible are my hips? How well do they move? How flexible, how mobile is my middle back? And then right in line with those things is, you know, how strong are my hips and how strong is my core? How strong are the muscles that, that really support my spine? How well am I able to use those things? So I think those three thoracic middle back range of motion, hip range of motion strength, and then really your low back your core strength, I think, would be the, the things that I would, I would look at first or think about first. 
Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I, I love that answer. I, you know, you, me and you are both TPI certified, you know, movement specialists. So we have a movement screen that we do. That's a really good point. If you're, if you don't know where to start and you're concerned about a previous back injury you've had, or you want to just kind of see how your general golf fitness is, you know, find a TPI instructor, get screened, go through the, go through the movement evaluation. We have TPI instructors all over the country. You can go on the TPI website. TPI, for those of you that don't know that, is Titleist Performance Institute. Um, but search for TPI online, go to the website. You can find an expert. Um, feel free to reach out to myself. I'm more than happy to, you know, schedule something, uh, online with you. If you are local to Illinois, see Matt downtown, um, see myself in Oak Brook. But yeah, getting screened, I think is a really good idea to, to really get a baseline. If you're not having pain, get a baseline of where you're at with your golf specific fitness uh, and seeing what needs to be stretched and, and what needs to be strengthened and all that. So any specific, so let's wrap up with this. Any specific fitness classes? So say someone wants to go and do like some group fitness training or, you know, they don't want to just go to a gym. Any specific fitness classes that you recommend? You know, do you recommend something like yoga or Pilates or one of these kind of group fitness companies that are popping up all over the place? What do you, what do you like? And is that beneficial for golfers? Yeah, I mean, I personally don't discriminate against any group classes. I think, I think it definitely does depend on the person's interests. I'm not going to tell somebody if they have no interest in doing yoga, I'm not going to, certainly not going to tell them to go to yoga. But I think, I think just overall having a good idea of, you know, you want to be mobile and you want to be strong. I think yoga, um, exceptional way to, to, to work on mobility. You know, there's other aspects of yoga that are important, stress relaxation, things like that, um, as well as stability. But I, I think yoga is great depending on your athletic prowess, you know, there's high intensity training, things like that, that might not all be necessary. But I think just, just globally thinking about, you know, you have to be able to move yoga, stretching, Pilates is great. And then you have to be strong. So um, I think it depends on person a little bit. Yeah, individual for sure. I mean, yeah. if I'm recommending yoga, it's probably for someone who's really, really stiff that might benefit from gaining some mobility. If I'm recommending Pilates, it's because I think that people would benefit from getting some good core control and stability with their posture. For sure. Group circuit stuff, if someone just needs something to work out with other people to be motivated. The, I mean, biggest thing is, is that something's better than nothing. Start small, start easy. Why don't we kind of why don't we try and post some, uh, some little exercise examples to our social media handles so that people can maybe, you know, a couple stretches or a couple of strengthening or stability exercises that people can do. Um, you know, why don't we try and hit, hit that up over the next week or two and kind of let some people have some ideas on things they can try. And again, reach out to us if you have any questions, if you'd want to see, um, see one of us or chat with one of us about maybe figuring some things out for your golf game. What it boils down to physical therapy is going to help you move better. It's going to help you identify limitations in your body. It's going to help you uh, realize if you need to stretch certain joints or, you know, muscles, if you need to strengthen certain muscles to be able to get you out of pain and stabilize yourself better. Low back pain is, is forever. It's, it's, it's going to keep us in a job. Um, and, it's it's forever going to be an issue in golf too. And and I can talk about the lower back in every other episode and, and it'd probably be pretty popular because so many people want to hear about low back pain. Uh, but hopefully you learned quite a bit today in regards to how we handle 
uh, back pain in golfers from the physical therapy perspective. So Matt, that was really good stuff, man. Thank you so much. Uh, I want to thank Matt Ventimiglia for coming on the show today, sharing some wisdom with us from uh, his expertise, his specialty working with golfers. Again, you can follow him on Instagram at Matthew underscore Ventimiglia underscore PT. I'll put that in the show notes, but I hope you found this helpful for you and your game. So Matt, thank you for joining me today, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, of course. It was fun. You know, that's going to do it for episode three of Golf RX. As always, thanks for tuning in, and I can't wait to have you back for the next episode of our Low Back series. Take care, everybody. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Golf RX. And this concludes episode three. Thanks for tuning in to the Golf RX podcast. Please subscribe and leave a rating at any time, and please share the podcast with a couple friends or golfing buddies or any medical professionals that you think would like the show. And feel free to follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Joe Estes PT, as well as LinkedIn and Facebook to connect with me and suggest episode topics that you'd like to hear about. Or if you have a cool golf rehab experience, you would like highlighted in one of our upcoming episodes. I hope you tune into the next episode of the Golf RX podcast with another guest host, and I hope to see you back on course. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not the views of Athletico, but are the views and opinions of the host and his guests. Medical advice should be taken as general guidelines. Please consult with a medical professional if you are experiencing symptoms and require an individualized plan of care.